0: So I've committed myself to shorter intros for the podcast, and honestly, it's kind of challenging. I want to get on here and just ramble, talk about the weather. Uh, It's kind of overcast right now. Spring is definitely on its way here. It's almost like spring has opened up the door and stepped its foot inside, but winter's hanging on. Winter doesn't want to leave, at least here in Utah. So yeah, like that's the kind of shit that I want to get on and ramble about, but shorter introductions. Simply because, like I said, I've said in earlier introductions, I just fast forward through all of this when I listen to podcasts. So if you have a podcast and I listen to your podcast, you can almost guarantee that I'm just fast forwarding through your introductions, but that's okay. Or your promos, whatever you want to call them, com. That pretty much says it all, but you're already listening to the energy is love podcast. So my guess is you already know that this is a very, very fun episode Steph and I have been having a really good time recording episodes, and this one we sat down and <laughs> spent like 20 minutes, which is 20 minutes too long, talking about um, Vox Lux. I'm not going to ruin the next 20 minutes that you're about to listen to, but it's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, no, it, uh, exciting, I suppose. it's Somebody out there maybe is excited by Vox Lux. I don't know who they are, but I'm sure somebody is. So we talk a little bit about that and then we get into really good stuff. This episode has like a new way that I have started to look at my life, look at acceptance, look at belonging, look at the need to belong, uh, look at why we constantly seek out Love and affection and support All these different things And in the thick of the conversation that Stephanie and I have During this episode A lot of stuff kind of clicked in my head About what I've been doing and what I've been thinking about And it really brought some clarity as well as some peace for me So that's cool See, it almost seems like it's too short Because I feel like I need to ramble on a little bit longer But here you go Another episode of the Energy is Love Podcast with Steph and I sitting in our living room. Steph had a smoothie, if I remember correctly. And I, I don't remember what I was drinking, but enjoy. Here we go. You're listening to the Energy is Love Podcast. Energy
1: is Love. The Energy is the Love Podcast.
0: The Energy is Love Podcast.
1: Energy is Love. The Energy
0: is Love Podcast. The podcast for the universe. The Energy is Love Podcast you want to hear my idea why your uh, phone does that? Yeah, sure. Try do <laughs> For a bunch of different reasons. Mm-hmm. First off, you jack up electronics, but not because you're like unwise and you don't know what the hell you're doing <laughs> with electronics. It's just simply your energy and your vibration and you aren't very, you, can you suck it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yes, I can. Did you
0: not get anything out? No. <laughs> you <need laughs> just have to suck it harder.
1: <laughs> Stop. Okay. It's I her may smoothie. It's too thick. It's her, yeah, that's right. You did make it's it too smell. thick. It's my smoothie.
0: But it's your vibration, it's your energy, it's your electrical field that you specifically put out. You are open Ow. and wide. Oh, wow. What?
1: that was, the, it was sinking back to the bottom when I turned it right side up. <laughs> that's trippy. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I think I need a straw.
0: Now it's making all sorts of funny noises.
1: That's so weird. Do
0: you want to get a straw real quick? I kind of do. Go get a straw. I'm sorry. You're okay. I'll keep talking while okay. you get a straw.
1: I'll still listen.
0: You can still hear me. I can't. But you always have that with every phone. Every time we get a new phone, you end up screwing it up, and it doesn't work the right way. You did it with your laptop, where your laptop doesn't quite work the right way, and it's not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. It's just what you vibrate and function at when you hold electronics, you screw them up. And that's okay. That's my hippie uh that is truly my belief. And then I think there's another part of it where you uh keep too many apps open on your phone so I'm it busy. runs slowly. I have a you lot of things I'm have doing at once. Too much information on there like 15,000 pictures. I don't
1: have 15,000 pictures.
0: Do you know how many pictures you have on your phone right now?
1: Less than 15,000.
0: Do you have an idea? Number. Give me a rough estimate. Let's guess. And we're not talking about the entire, like, <laughs> just straight camera. So for in your camera album alone, not all the other pictures that could be potentially saved on there. Okay. But in your camera album alone, how many do you think?
1: I don't know. Will you Give me your number first.
0: I'm going to guess... Thirteen
1: hundred and seventy three. Thirteen hundred. Now, if that's exactly it, I know you've been peeking. <laughs> it's going to say about a thousand. So and I'm, I'm saying that. Oh, you know what? I also went through and I've deleted a shit ton. Have you? Uh, like a ton. What are you at?
0: Tell me, tell me, tell me. One
1: thousand eight hundred ninety one. Holy fuck. What? I deleted. So that's say why your job, phone baby. runs like shit. There's still room.
0: I know there's still room, but it's like your phone is holding too much, and it's like, sorry, lady, we can't worry about the turning your ringer off because we're too busy holding on to all these pictures. Maybe
1: my phone's upset with me because I don't hook it at people that say bad things about my phone
0: or my I, camera skills. I'm fairly certain that your phone is not upset at you for not hooking it. I, um, Throw me out said, see,
1: that's what my phone just said.
0: Just recently, Galaxy S10 came out. Oh God,
1: I know. See, that's the problem is because you always want freaking new phones. I think you sabotage my phone. So when the new ones come out that you always want a new one, then I'm like, okay, because no. my phone's not working. So you're no. like, I'll break her phone and we can go get new phones. I don't
0: do that. Apple does that. Okay. Um, but we don't have Apple. So luckily, we don't have to worry about that. Um No, I, I looked into them. I looked into them. Obviously, I spent probably a week, week and a half. Geeking out and watching reviews and looking at them and staring at the stats and all that kind of shit. And then I decided I was not going to get it.
1: Yay. Yeah.
0: I was just like, you know what? It's not a big deal. Our phones still work just fine. Yes. They're new phones.
1: Like it drives me crazy.
0: I know. I know. So I decided that I wasn't going to worry about it. We're not going to worry about it. I wasn't going to play that game in my head where it's like, maybe I really need it. Do I really need it? I need it. It's got, it's got four fucking cameras on it.
1: Why do you need four cameras on a phone? Maybe it's only... I don't remember how many like, it's got. Like, I think it's d- got d- do you three, hear that?
0: I think it's got three on the back and two on the front. Anyways, the the minute I decided that I wasn't going to worry about getting the new Galaxy S10. Uh-huh. And I was going to get the S10 Plus, by the way.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: Yeah. Um, the Two days later, I read an article about... The Note 10 that's going to be out this fall. See? Oh, my God. (laughs) And how the the article was like, uh, just wait for the Note 10 because it's going to be way better. And I'm like, done. So we... we Do you know
1: what would be really cool? What? If didn't have to worry about upgrading a new phone every time they come out with a new one. Didn't have to worry about transferring stuff over. Didn't have to worry about learning a new phone. Didn't have to worry about all of that. Why are you looking at your phone right now? It's it's because you're addicted to your phone.
0: We don't have to worry about any of those things. I'm just a dork and I choose to.
1: So I'm saying, wouldn't it be nice if we didn't?
0: Correct. If I didn't buy into marketing and uh, the man trying to sell me shit that I don't really need. I'm all for no cell phones. Oh
1: my God. I baby, I love you. I don't think you would survive.
0: I would totally survive. I don't think
1: you would. You talk that, but no, then no, 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 you no. just literally like how many times have you grabbed your phone just from when we started? You oh, hold on. are sitting right there because you can't
0: I have to check my phone because it's upset with you right now. I
1: know exactly. <laughs> and give it little loves. You have you you couldn't handle that.
0: I I would not only be able to handle that, I would immediately be the first one to be like, yes. But What I'm talking about is Thanos attacks And we've only got 50,000 people left And we have no <gasps> then, electricity Then you can go without yourself <laughs> And we're reverting back to uh, Olden days where we have to hunt and gather our food I would be totally fine I don't about have to say anymore you just, In that you situation
1: made my argument for me
0: It's a useful tool And I'll use it as long as it's a tool <laughs> Is that better with the straw? It is
1: better. I can drink it and it's really good.
0: So one thing I do want to talk about. Uh off the, right off the bat. Right off the bat? Right off the bat. Okay. Uh we're gonna talk about Vox Lux. Oh jeez. <laughs> so It
1: was such a good movie. It is a great movie.
0: It's not a it's first off
1: Wait, no, just go rent it. It's great. Leave <laughs> us a review what you thought about the movie.
0: <laughs> we're gonna save everybody some time, some money, some energy and You don't have to
1: look it up on yourself. Two and a
0: half hours of your life and there's going to be some spoiler spoiler alert for a movie that hopefully you don't ever sit through but it is Vox Lux starring Natalie Portman and Jude Law
1: which are the reasons that the, you wanted to watch the movie so. that made it look like it was going to be a good movie because hello
0: yeah yeah it looked like it was going to be a very good movie It turned out to not be a very good movie. It turned out to be one of the worst movies that I can remember ever watching. It was painfully bad for a whole bunch of different reasons. Yes. Um, First off, the the story of the movie or the plot, (laughs) the story of the movie, the plot of the movie is the main character, which is played by Natalie Portman. I don't even remember her. Oh, Celeste. Celeste is her name. Um, when she's, uh, I think she was only in eighth grade. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So the movie starts out with a school shooting, which is a great way to start a movie, said nobody ever. And it was terrible. It was very realistic. It wasn't like it was straight up. Some kid walks into a classroom and just starts killing everybody. And that's how the movie starts out. So it starts out on a great tone. And the character that Natalie plays, Celeste, is shot and injured and looks like she's dead. Turns out she doesn't die. Turns out she survives the gunshot wound to her throat or spine or whatever, which is plausible, I suppose. And then at the candlelight vigil that is held months and months after the school shooting, she sings a song that her and her sister wrote. And that song goes on to become a hit across the country and helps people in the process of mourning this and terrible tra- this terrible tragedy that has taken place. <clears throat> Pause for a drink, because suddenly my throat's very dry. Do
1: you want to try mine? <clears throat> no, I'm Just good. Just try a sip.
0: I don't need to try your. It's so good. Uh, Just try a sip. Smoothie. I'm okay. Why? I'm telling the story about Vox I know, Lox. and
1: I'm trying to distract you because I don't want to relive the whole freaking movie, but here we go.
0: So, the Song becomes a hit, and long story short, she becomes a pop star. That's the fucking movie, which makes no fucking sense at all. And she becomes a pop star, and then it shows, like, the... <sighs> Fuck, it's so weird. I don't even know how to describe it after that. And... It was a terrible, terrible fucking movie. Mm-hmm. What was your, what were some of your least favorite parts? Better yet, what were like? You only had one part that you actually liked. Yes. <laughs> but what were some of your least favorite parts?
1: All of it. It was so bad. It was just. <sighs> you know everything from like the way they did the credits at the beginning, the way like until the credits at the end all of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, it was, was bad. It was like upsetting. I mean <clears throat> it wasn't that it was upsetting that it made you feel and that's why it was hard. No, I mean it was upsetting, but then it was just like like what the f- what the f- it was just it was no good. I don't even have a way to say it. I don't like my favorite part of the whole movie was um, she knew that her manager slash sex partner slash druggie slash sis, whatever, I don't even know, um, had bad information for it. And she's like, what is it? Just tell me or some verbiage that I don't care enough to quote accurately. And then he said something about her daughter, which she had when she was like, what was it like 14 15 maybe I was trying to like do the the math and that she looked like she was maybe like like 14 when she had her wanted to go see her dad who was another musician because creativity at its finest um and she said uh wasn't expecting that because it was you know such a curveball and that made me laugh because. Like that was the level. I'm like, yay, that's something. Okay, wasn't expecting that, but like that that was the highlight of the movie. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and that came like an
0: hour and forty-five oh minutes God, into the movie. It
1: was so bad. Like that's it. That was the The only acting part. was terrible. But they're good actors, so I even feel bad saying the acting was terrible because they're not bad actors, actresses. Yeah, Jude
0: Law was really the only bright spot,
1: and it wasn't a bright spot. It wasn't he very didn't bright. Know.
0: he just looked so bright because everything else was so incredibly dark and terrible and had no light whatsoever. It was so bad. It, it was, was really bad.
1: It was hard. Like
0: it was hard to watch.
1: Like I really, it was one of those. I don't like. There's times during a movie where I'm okay with not finishing it. Sometimes finish, but like that was one that. We could have turned off, and I'd have been okay with.
0: Yeah, but we got we crossed over to the point where we just had to finish it.
1: Yeah, was it before they came out with the Note Eight, <laughs>
0: or wait, plus ten, whatever.
1: ten plus oh,
0: Note Five. Th-
1: <laughs> the newest one.
0: So we are saving you the time, saving you the energy, and do yourself a favor and do not watch Vox Lux unless you want you could. That would be a really fun drinking game.
1: What? how just what do you drink to drink
0: the entire time No, <laughs> just, don't stop, okay? <laughs> just don't stop drinking well, during just... the whole movie and you will love it
1: janelle and i are hang out saturday so maybe that's what we'll do we'll just watch it and be like let's see what can happen in two and a half hours yeah <laughs> we'll, it,
0: the music we'll bring the
1: podcast here
0: the music was all written by um
1: sia yeah who which... was also one of the executive producers
0: which should, should have been, there was a lot of things that, was, that were warning signs leading up to us watching it. Like the fact that I told you last night where I saw the preview and then I never saw anything else about the movie. I never saw any press, never saw any uh, advertisements, never saw anything other than when the preview came out. And the only reason I saw the preview was because <coughs> I'm a dork and I seek out and watch a bunch of trailers for movies. Um, So that's like sign number one. Yeah. Sign number two was like, I remember thinking nothing was said about this movie at the Oscars. And it came out during the time period where you release your movie that you want to be uh, talked about and discussed for Oscars. It was released during that time period of the year where they release movies that are going to be Oscar contenders. And they shit about it at the fucking Oscars. And then when we actually put it in and push play, the trailers, I think there was only one preview at the beginning so. of the movie. And that was. Was a terrible fucking movie trailer slash. What was the name of that movie? I don't even remember. Annihilation Nation or something like oh, that. Oh,
1: Assassination Nation. Assassi- something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Doesn't look like so. I can safe to assume that you won't be renting that one. No. Okay. No,
0: unless Fox Lux is the trailer for it (laughs) ahead of time. (laughs) That would be funny. Yeah, terrible movie. They really failed miserably. Whoever was in charge of that—that it was
1: Natalie Portman and Jude Law and Sia.
0: I think you just like when you're a famous actor, you're you're just the executive producer of the movies that you're in. I think that's just a thing now. And that's what they get paid extra for And that's why they Oh yeah, I'll sign on to do this project If I'm an executive producer And they're like, whatever, yeah We'll fucking put your name as an executive producer But then they don't really do anything I oh. could be really wrong Because obviously I have no information I don't know but, can, I, um, can I Google what no, an
1: executive producer
0: is? Don't Google what an executive producer I'm is I'm curious Okay
1: I No, mean, keep talking Go ahead
0: Um that's a good example of why I want to create a job for myself. What job, Craig?
1: Yeah, I looked. Okay, <laughs> they, you can't see me. <laughs> Sorry. I looked up at you with curiosity.
0: You looked up what with curiosity? Yes, I
1: looked at you like, what job, Craig, with my eyes, but <clears throat> nobody can see my eyes.
0: I want to be the person responsible for greenlighting everything in Hollywood. Uh, yeah? Everything. Um... Everything. Movies, television, uh, music, I won't. I'll I'll let that one go because I don't know enough about music. But when it comes to television movies, I want to be the person that greenlights things. So you can do all the things that you want to do and you get all your money and all your financing and you've got this production company and you're doing this and you're doing that and you've got your director signed on and everything like that. That's totally fine. But prior to actually starting shooting, Or filming, that's what they call it.
1: Sorry, it's loud. (laughs) Sorry.
0: (laughs) Before you can technically start filming, I have to green light it. So everything has to come across my desk, and then I say yes or no. And I would save everybody a lot of money. I would save everybody a lot of time, because I would be axing shit left and right. The list of things that I would say, uh, no, come back next year when you've done a better job of everything...
1: I think you would, there would be some wonderful, wonderful movies, but I think we would also miss some good movies. No, we would. Yes, wouldn't. we would. Like what? Well, I'm trying to think because I really want to make an argument here, but there's movies that I like that you
0: would not have greenlit.
1: Yeah. And I would be really upset with
0: you. I'll take that into consideration. Uh, I will greenlight some trash. <gasps> You're <laughs> so mean I will green light some shitty TV Think about how much garbage is on television I'm
1: not ta- I don't really enjoy TV too I know, much we I don't like watch
0: the- a lot of TV yeah. When I travel, I'll sit there and ch- ch- bl- 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 channel surf mm-hmm. And then I'm like, holy shit It's just nothing but garbage It's literally I shouldn't say literally It's okay, I just said it um, <laughs> Watching television is like It's like the combination of all the terrible things on the internet have made a baby with the checkout line at the grocery store. (laughs) And that's what's on television today. Shit that nobody cares about. It's all fake. It's all lies. Is it fake news? (laughs) It's all fake news. Don't even get me started on the news.
1: (laughs) That's where the biggest lies are, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, long story short, uh, Vox Lux, two thumbs up. (laughs) Up what? Two thumbs way up.
1: Do you want to hear what an executive producer is?
0: For a movie? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It says it is one of the top positions in the making of a commercial entertainment product. In films, the executive producer generally contributes to the film's budget and usually does not work on set.
0: So they're fucking money. That's all that they do. Yeah.
1: Like you were pretty close. Instead of getting uh, me, they are money, I'm like, that makes sense. So that doesn't. That's
0: why Jude and Natalie were executive producers because yeah. they totally. I See, I knew so it was know like somebody's doesn't... passion project.
1: Something. Well, I don't think. it. And oh, that,
0: that uh, director, whoever that fucking idiot is. I didn't,
1: I didn't see that part.
0: Yeah. He's, he's a nobody as far as I'm concerned. If I was in charge of Hollywood, he would not be part of Hollywood. Oh, my God. I, I got to see who
1: the director is then. It's going to be somebody you love. No, I no, guarantee
0: it's not somebody I love. I saw his name and I'm oh, like, who you? the
1: fuck is that guy? Oh, okay. Then never mind. It's not worth Yeah, it.
0: no. But everybody's got to make mistakes. <laughs> and that's a big mistake that somebody made. <sighs> somebody wrote so- that script. Well,
1: somebody likes it. Like it's I a movie. I don't think
0: anybody does. Well, we
1: don't. At all.
0: If you like Vox Lux. No, no. If Vox Lux is your jam and you have fallen in love and you have downloaded the soundtrack and you're all about the vox Lux. you
1: know there's some cslogs please do not
0: reach out to us don't tell us (laughs) do not contact us stop listening to this podcast you're clearly a fucking idiot and you have no taste in anything
1: well okay
0: (laughs) so i just wanted to get that out of the way babe
1: how long did we talk about Box Lux?
0: Uh, Twenty minutes. Oh, Jesus. Twenty minutes too long.
1: Yes. No. It was like you heard it here.
0: Yeah. What were <laughs> you, you heard gonna it say? Here first. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say? I think there's plenty of people that are like, "What the fuck movie are they talking Vox, about?" Box Lux. What? When? Yeah. Don't even Google it. It's not worth it. Don't Google it. Don't IMDb it. It is currently available for rent at Redbox. <laughs> If you'd like to send us the dollar seventy-five that you would rent that movie with, we will gladly take your money and actually <laughs> do something productive.
1: You <laughs> can be our executive producers. We
0: could film a fucking movie with our fucking phones Especially that would if be I had four, four cameras. minutes long. Shut up. <laughs> don't make fun of the Note 10. You don't have to get the Note 10 when it comes out in August. Neither do you. I don't. You're right. And I probably w- won't. Oh, no. Our phones are gonna be ready for an update at that point.
1: No, they're not. Okay. That's the you totally are sabotaging my phone. I believe it. I believe it.
0: You take care of that all by yourself, baby. <laughs> all you gotta do is pick it up.
1: <laughs> you're so mean. <laughs> Let me see your phone.
0: It's good. It's okay. It's no, I it's just to hold oh. it.
1: I'm gonna give it some nope. I Just wanna touch it. <laughs> what did I do? where you had a like you didn't have to reset it, but you had to go through all some like crazy stuff to get it to work. Oh, I tried to Use your phone and film you doing the rock wall for your Insta stories. Oh, that's right. So it was on your Insta story for for you, and then it was like, and yeah, it just you totally crashed. Broke the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Me too.
0: So, what's next?
1: Well, Bartlett.
0: I know. If you want a good fucking
1: so this is chunk it, of life is this no. the TV episode?
0: No, we've talked about West Wing. I think at some point along mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know next? this is
1: loud. It is a thick smoothie, but it's good, and I want to keep drinking it. Here, I'll take the lid off. Maybe tell that's the
0: helpful. listeners what you put in your smoothie this to this morning.
1: It's not that exciting this morning. Um, it's just some strawberries, mangoes, pineapples, frozen um, aloe vera juice, and the plexus drink.
0: That was some good. Um,
1: sorry, I shouldn't have been scratching it.
0: No, what's that? Uh. ASMR or whatever.
1: Sorry about that. ASMR.
0: Yeah. I don't know what
1: that the, is. The, uh, oh. Shh. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm fidgety today.
0: What do you want to talk about? You had some topics. Well, to I did, but it table.
1: does not, like, my my conversation was interesting and it doesn't fit with. we just.
0: Well, talked. please change the subject. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, like, uh, okay. So, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to like come up with this topic now or how to segue into yeah, it Yeah, because it's like, this would fit into the really bad movies. It's like, okay, why are we over here now? What's happening? How did we make that jump? Um, something that I was thinking about in the way that, um, and it came up when we were watching the favorite actually, or the favorite, think Is how they said it. Is that how they said it? It's,
0: it's, I think it's just the favorite. It's
1: not the favorite, right? I
0: think it's like some fun French <laughs> spelling of it or something. <laughs> it's definitely not.
1: I thought they said it funny at the Oscars and Asper I thought Tommy. it was weird. Shut up. I thought it was weird how they said it. And I was like, oh. And then when I said, it, I'm like that way, I thought I heard it weird.
0: It could be the favorite, right? It's and we could do another 20 minutes on mm-hmm. that movie.
1: I liked that movie. That I liked was, that movie a lot. That was an intense movie. Um, but it was how the men were all like really, you know, dressed up in the wigs. And yes, the women have their thing, but the, when he said that, that men have to try to look pretty and it was like, Oh my gosh, you know, like, cause it's the women that are always doing all the crazy things to attract the male or whatever. So. The segment of that isn't just the, whether, you know, can't we go back to where men made all the pretty makeup efforts? It's thinking of like the animal kingdom.
0: First off, give some, give the listeners what? a little bit of backstory on the favorite so that they have an understanding, like super, super quick, basic. Otherwise you're you talking about some weird fucking movie where men.
1: It's an Oscar. Like, yeah, Best but so many actress, people but... don't
0: care about oh. movies like your husband does.
1: Mm, okay. So, It was about royalty.
0: One of the Queen Elizabeths.
1: So was it like based on fact? Was she a yeah. lesbian? Was I'm that sure. all fact?
0: I'm sure, to some degree.
1: were well, you rocket queen? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. It she. Spoiler alerts. <laughs> the queen. Her lover, which is her right hand, which was actually running the kingdom in a sense, whose husband was, I don't know, he was... General. General. Modern major general? Is that how you say (laughs) (laughs) it? But when he was away and when the queen needed a little extra assistance and it was... What was she called? Because all I can think of is Handmaid, and it's totally not a Handmaid in the slightest, because she was like her her person. She was running the show. She was signing off on the books. She, she, was, she like was like the runner. Like the, she's the
0: consigliere.
1: Consigliere? Yeah. Like I was the chief of mob, staff.
0: Like the right-hand man. <laughs> well, I said right-hand. Yeah.
1: So that was her. She's totally chief, then, chief of staff. And then they happened to be lovers. And then a new Woman comes into the mix who used to be a lady and fell from grace and worked her way up the ranks through deceit in a sense. But there was so much deceit. And you made the the comment that I wrote on my list of things we talk about. So there was a lot of competition, women fighting, bantering, but it wasn't over a man this time. It was over another woman, a queen, and who would earn the place to be in her bed and have her ear
0: more than her ear.
1: I said in her bed first. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so um I don't know, did I give enough of a back? Sure. Do you, what are you...
0: So go back. To, yes, you absolutely. No, no.
1: My topic isn't going to fit with all of this. It sounds dumb now. No, it doesn't like, sound it dumb. Doesn't. So it...
0: back to the animal kingdom. Okay. So the dynamic of men back in the day used to wear those big pompous ass wigs and makeup. And there's a scene where. Yeah.
1: yeah. So they say that's where I got the idea. And then I was thinking about how in nature it is usually the males that are fancy in a sense. Very much so. Peacocks. Um, Peacocks. Lion manes. There's.
0: (laughs) um, What else? There's a bunch of animals like There's so
1: many like birds are really like pronounced for that there's one that has like they do these like weird dance ones completely black and it looks like it has a blue face when it spreads out its wings or its feathers and um <clears throat> i never
0: thought of that that way necessarily in the context of what you're talking about go ahead
1: so um <laughs> it just kind of said that just watching the men how it's they're trying to attract them, whether or not they're going to stay or not they really have to earn the woman and the woman decides if the man's worthy to be in that sense. Um, so you have that aspect of it, but what got my brain going is nature designs what it's, does everything to be exactly as it's supposed to be. And whether it's, they're supposed to have these bright elaborate colors and all these foo foo to attract or however, or it's what it is. And so I was thinking how silly it is that like humans do all that. Because we're designed to attract the exact way that we're supposed to be, like that's that's the makeup. If we were supposed to be all frilly and colorful and I don't know, now I feel dumb. <laughs> I'm. Not, <laughs> I hate it when you give me that look.
0: I'm just waiting for you to finish your thought, so then I can add my two cents.
1: <laughs> you give me that look. I don't like that look. Okay. Um. So it was just kind of going into a self-love self-worth where do I decide that I'm enough you know how much it's like it just kind of like steamrolled oh this person has this and so I should have this and just the makeup the things that we'll go to the extremes that we'll go to and if we were I don't know it was just kind of a a neat release on we're made the exact way that we're supposed to be made and that we really don't need all those extra things however before we go out, I'm going to, you know, thicken up my eyebrows and put on some mascara. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I still, like, I'm not ready to throw everything away and just be, you know, this is how nature intended me to be.
0: It would be really interesting to go back in history and find the time where suddenly we started but, to do that as humans. Right. Do you know what I mean? I know when what we they would to... say. Well, if you think about, because I'm trying to think now, it's like where would that whole dynamic of shit, started and in what way it would have started because like think about how they used to get um dressed up in ceremonial costumes and regalia and things like that to perform some sort of sacred ceremony that held significance for the harvest moon or whatever the fuck it is Mm -hmm. and like Maybe that was kind of the starting point because at some point we were just fucking apes, right? Mm-hmm. And then at some point we were cavemen, and then at some point we were smarter cavemen, and so on and so forth. Um, but at what point did we suddenly feel like we had to? Like, do you think there's gorillas that, um, or chimpanzees or something that like put on a fucking uh, grass necklace or something? I don't know. This is, sounds really stupid as no, I speak. No, I'm I but...
1: wonder. I wonder if there is something that they do to like. Like froof up or something. Because
0: there's, a, I like the, the not the acknowledgement. I like the, um. there's a difference between those animals that, like the peacock, mm-hmm. right? The peahen, the female version of the peacock.
1: Is that sorry? It's so a, the peacock is a guy and the peahen is, oh. Yeah. Did you not know that? Can I call her a pee pussy? A pee. P- <laughs> we got the peacock and a the pea pussy. A double P. Papa.
0: Um, so the peahen looks very... Um, subdued. Mm-hmm. I think if they're even like gray or something, like they just look like a regular old bird. And then you've got the big ass peacock with his beautiful feathers and blah, blah, blah. Um, so there's plenty of examples of that in the animal kingdom where you have to be bigger and prettier and fancier in order to um, attract a mate. And so I wonder if that in some way, shape or form is why humans started to do that. Because so much of evolution is directly correlated and tied to sex and procreation and furthering the species and the dominating um, genes being able to be pushed on to the next generation. So I get all of that stuff. But like, why did we as a human race start this whole pompous thing of having to adorn ourselves with not just makeup, but fashion and clothing and, you know, is it strictly for procreation? Is it strictly just for attracting a mate? It very well may be. As I think of it now, I think that, I think it very well may be.
1: Well, I think it is. That's like how they do it in nature. Like the birds are dancing, trying to attract a mate. And how much of it has to do with like the predator aspect too? There's
0: those those aspects in, in the animal kingdom. What are you talking about?
1: Like how um, when you're not a predator, it seems like the more colors, the more vibrant, the more, I don't know, I guess just more out there that they are. And the the women, the females are usually not the women. The females are usually bigger. But in when you go to a pre- predator, sorry, when you go to a predators, um, there's not... All that show like the lions do have the big mane, but if you think about um, just like the look of it, it's not a whole slew of colors and the variations and like the headdress in a sense or neckwear and the males are usually bigger. So what's that switch?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I don't know. We need a (laughs) animal biologist on.
1: I'm just trying to, because we're predators. So to understand part of that helps kind of understand our genetic, our makeup, our some of our drives, not just monkey-minded lizards. You don't think we're predators?
0: I think we are.
1: We're predators.
0: We're scavengers.
1: You think we're scavengers? I don't think we're scavengers. We're predators.
0: You think so? Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we're hunters and gatherers.
1: Yes, technically so, is what we so really are. Hunter is predator. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen, smarty pants. I don't want any of this book talk on the Energy's podcast. <laughs> I was like, oh,
1: I sorry I forgot. I'm just a woman. I will go back to my place.
0: So something that came up for me as we were watching The Favorite.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um, I was thinking about it afterwards, and I actually mentioned it to my mom, and we were kind of talking about it a little bit. But one of the things that I found really fascinating in that movie, um, I mean, there's a bunch of things. It's a good movie. Go go see this movie. This is a good movie to rent and go watch. Um, But how that dynamic between those three characters, right? You have the queen, you have her second in command, and then you have the new woman that comes on the scene and works her way into taking over and eventually usurping the number two and becoming the number two herself. And then the number two is cast out and thrown out and basically banished in a sense. And all the like super conniving, backstabbing, manipulating, lying, uh, using sex, uh, all these kind of things that these women did in order to gain favor with the queen and control their life control the kingdom control the circumstance all these kind of different things that took place and i was sitting there thinking about cuz there's been a queen of england for a long long time right and which part what i was thinking was like did cuz nowadays we have that same dimat, that same dynamic playing out, but it's all masculine. It's all men doing backroom deals and cheating and lying and manipulating situations in order to control and gain power over other people in society and our government and all that kind of bullshit. So did men learn that behavior from women or did women learn that behavior from men? And so I was sitting there trying to figure out like what and how and then my mom said, oh, no, it's not about, like, who learned it first or whatever. It's just about survival. And then I looked at, oh, that makes a lot more sense in my head. So those two characters, Emma Stone and Rachel Weiss, who played those two characters trying to gain favor with the uh, queen, they were really just seeking their own survival, right? Because Emma Stone is the peasant girl that works in the basement and eventually is in the bed next to the queen but she's really just seeking her survival and same thing with the other character where she knew that in order to maintain control and power that meant survival that meant that she wouldn't be cast out and so then I started to think about it in the context of survival and that's the so because what I was thinking about as I'm continuing to ramble Um, I think about our wonderful daughters and I think about the current life that they live and the dynamics that play out for them in their high school interactions with other females and with other girls and all of those silly fucking games that girls play, right? What is that all about? Why the fuck do girls play those silly little games? Like... So that's, I'm nervous because you're giving me your look now of like, oh, I got something to say here, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> well, different um, different takes, different, different reasons. Like there are multiple reasons why girls play games or hens be clucking. No, there's no venom in my voice there. Uh, but the first one that's coming up is because so maybe I'm just a little angry right now. So I don't think this is the only reason. And I don't think all men do this, but men have been making us compete. Like it's very much, Oh, you're not this. I'll go over here and this one and going back and forth to where women aren't able to rely on each other as allies and by themselves. If they're competing against each other and trying so hard to survive in this whatever, whether it's for parts, recognition, a hand, however, when they are trying to survive for whatever food, whatever they're doing, high school isn't really about survival for fruit. For some, some people it is. I'm trying to, like, I have a point, but I'm also trying to be mindful of all the other aspects. So, I'm kind of doing all these like little disclaimers as we go. Just spit your point out. Spit something out. <laughs> um it's also safer for men because what happens when women start to they stop competing with each other and they start to help each other? Then they they build and there's this whole movement and then men get pissed off and say they're anyways men, And I think I could, have, I could handle this just a little bit better if you weren't over there being all, yeah, why do they do that? Why are they playing their silly games? Well, motherfucker, it's because you guys have been messing with their heads and you need to keep, keep us separated so you control the roost. Otherwise, you realize that you're a lone cock running around with all the hens and the hens are going to turn and face you and be like, now what? And, Uh-oh, no more cock. Hens are happy. <laughs> 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 it's frustrating. Um... Yeah, so it's just programmed. You're not enough. You have to compete. You have to compete. You have to compete. So it's but what the is games. the com-
0: what is the competition? What are they competing for? I think for? it
1: does go back to survival. Because if you think about <sighs> the stronger are the ones that had the safer, you know, keep you safe from harm, keep you warm, all these things. So like what colonies are out there to where are the women Are the one that get to control the show to where the men rely on the women to keep them safe, keep them warm. But does that also go to um, like the hunter-gatherer thing, the prey-predator scenarios? I'm lost on tangents. It's just easier if I don't look at you. When I talk, because you give me these looks and I'm like, oh, I second guess my thoughts immediately. I forget where I'm going.
0: We should do a blindfold podcast.
1: I'm, not, I'm just not going to look at you. Um, <laughs> so. If they were hmm, the favorite, then they would get that space, they would get that warm. And then it's not just them being safe and provided for, it's the children that they're going to bear are safe and I don't like I know there's other things out there but as a mom like I want to be me. I want to be my safety. I want my own security. I want to be my own knight in shining armor, you know. I don't want I don't like I'm very struggling with relying on anything else, but as a as a parent and I don't think it's just mothers. I think it's very much fathers. It's being a parent, having a child is the most important thing is your child's safety and health, happiness, all of that. So I don't know, maybe it goes to the procreation because that's how life exists. That's how life continues. You have to procreate. Does not mean everybody has to procreate? No. But in order for life to keep moving, which we are all instinctively driven to do, you have to have young offspring children. So that competition for the safest one, the strongest one, allows your safest. So maybe it's just completely primal. Like it has nothing to do with how you would say toxic, whatever. It's just straight up primal.
0: I think it is. I think it is. And I think this is just the manifestation of it today. I think it's competition for not just survival, but for acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're accepted into the tribe if you are allowed to be a part of the tribe if you are in that tribe that means safety that means security that means that you have shelter that you have food all those kind of different things but now today in today's world it's do you know what i mean if you're accepted then you're part of the clique or you're a part of the group of people or kids or teenagers that is do you know what i mean everybody in some way shape or form i think has this <clears throat> evolutionary aspect where we are seeking acceptance because of the survival that is associated with acceptance
1: do you think it's because we let our tribes and our community get so small that it's such a panic now cuz where they used to be so much larger it was the competition for the head the chief The
0: no, no, I think the king,
1: the all over. No, 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 let me follow my point. But that you had that, but it trickled down like you there was still security, there was a whole community, there was a tribe. It was, it takes a tribe to raise a child, you have the family, it takes a village, it takes all of these things. I keep saying tribe because so much of it is, you know, letting things fall away and finding your tribe, finding your, your, how you said, a family. But just the ones that <sighs> that you have that connection. Maybe you weren't born into, but you have that connection, you said. And so that's been really big on my space. So coming up with this, it's like maybe I sound insensitive and I'm not trying to. It's just something that's heartfelt for me as much as my understanding is. Um, <clears throat> but they used to be so much stronger, so much larger and closely knit. So you had that whole community. And as we've evolved, or as you would put it, that strong, big community has lessened. It's gotten smaller and smaller, more isolated. Yes, we all live in the same town, but our very own, very secluded houses. Everybody's very private. It's it's um, a single triumph instead of a community triumph. So it gets more vicious because the stakes are higher because you don't have the community love anyways. Do you think like maybe, I don't know. It makes sense to me.
0: No, I think so. I think that because now we have 7 billion people on the planet and we are no longer living in small tribes of a hundred or 200 people, we are walking around aimlessly in this space looking for acceptance because it's an innate need inside of us, right? I think I was talking to Maddie about this. Maddie's our daughter. We talk about the kids all the time on the podcast. I just assume that people know who the hell we're talking about. Um, but I think I was talking about Maddie to, to Maddie about this where um, just as food and water and shelter are basic necessities for us as humans, I think emotionally acceptance is just as much of a basic need where we have to feel accepted, we have to know that we're accepted, we have to feel safe in that space. Otherwise, it has just as many detrimental things to our well-being and our health and our safety as going without food or going without water does because of the ramifications that can stem from moving throughout your entire life, feeling that you're not accepted, that you're not a part of something, that the people that you, that your tribe, quote unquote, doesn't see you, that you don't have value and that they don't love you, that you're not accepted into that space. And I think that's where we're at today in society where too many of us now live in too big of a space and take up too much space, and we're no longer all interconnected and relying upon one another for not just safety and survival, but also that uh, acceptance factor where I have a role to play, you have a role to play, Johnny next door has a role to play, and we all feed off of one another in order to survive and accept one another. And that's the problem, I think.
1: But it doesn't make sense. Which part? Well, no, everything you, like, that's what it feels like what it is, but just doesn't make sense because there's more people now. So you think it's an overpopulation, but there's so much more. There's people everywhere. So how is it harder when you have so many more opportunities? How is it harder to find connections when there's people everywhere? Why is it harder
0: now? It should be easier. We have such an easier time of connecting with all of those people today than we ever have before. Do you know what I mean?
1: Hence the cell phones and social media.
0: Yeah, for how (laughs) shitty they are. They also give us the ability to connect with with people in other countries and other locations and other places and everything like that instantaneously. So Mm. which part of the equation are we missing Because I agree with you, we do have so many more people today, it should be much easier to connect and find acceptance and Mm -hmm. have acceptance of yourself in the space of your tribe and your group and your family. Where have we lost that?
1: It's our authenticity. Am I saying it right? Mm -hmm. It's our truth. Because if you're not able to go out in the world into people with your truth and then see their truth, it's just lies feeding on lies. So there's no trust, there's separation. It's really hard to see. It's hard to see faults. It's hard to connect with that. You can get, I'm not saying you can't be manipulated by it. You very much can. But that connection, you're not showing up who you are and receiving who they are anymore. It's very much a show, smoke and mirrors.
0: I think that's an aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. What's another one? Um, Because I'm thinking about like your first tribe is your family, right? Mm Mm-hmm. and like families look and feel way different today than they ever have before, I would guess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that's a place where people could do a better job. Like I'm sitting now thinking about our family and how have we provided our children that sense of not just acceptance, because acceptance is important. I keep saying that over and over and over again, acceptance. That's very much important. But in a tribe, you had a job. You had responsibility. You contributed to the overall well-being of the tribe. Mm-hmm. And that is why, in some way, shape, or form, you were accepted. If you But you had to perform. Exactly. You had a job, quote-unquote, right? You had a mm-hmm. responsibility. You had something that you did. And you knew that you did that because it contributed to the whole. And I think in, I mean, we definitely have not done a great job of making our children contribute to the small little tribe that we have here.
1: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. Very much.
0: And I think our children have some semblance of acceptance and realizing that they're loved and that they're cared for but we haven't really provided them that other end of the spectrum where they need to contribute to this thing called our family. Um, So I think we dropped the ball there. Uh, Congratulations. You failed as a parent, both of us. (laughs) No, but I think that's a dynamic too, where back in the, let's say, even like the 1800s or early 1900s or even like... Like, at what point did it transition? Because you used to have to, like, wake up in the morning with your dad and go outside and plow the field or herd the cows or, you know, cut the chicken's head off or whatever the case may be. You used to have all these responsibilities to take care of um, your tribe, your family, your home, your land. And it's not to say that men just did that. Women had a whole other slew of things that they were doing. And women would do plenty of other things. You
1: almost like messed up with women's work. You almost said like dishes and stuff. No, no, no. no. Because I'm
0: thinking about that old like pioneer time, right? Like women weren't just in the fucking kitchen doing dishes by all means. They were doing tons of fucking shit to contribute. And children did the exact same thing. So they had a sense of responsibility, a sense of belonging, a sense of acceptance Mm -hmm. because they were contributing to the overall health of the family. And at some point along the way, that stopped where, you know... We no longer, and like the fucking thing with like allowance. Oh, motherfucker, you do not, you like, how often, because we don't give our kids an allowance. We just give them everything that they want because we're terrible parents <laughs> and they don't have to do anything for it. But how often does that run through your head where they're like, I need an allowance. Well, your like payment for doing the dishes or whatever it is. <laughs> Is the fact that you have fucking dishes and food to eat they on. They don't do
1: the dishes. I
0: know. I'm just saying. I, I, <laughs> I'm I, talking about society as a whole society, and at some well, point- no.
1: There's a lot of kids that do dishes and I think the issue is still acceptance, but I don't think it's- I think somehow- I don't know. How much do you really want me to say what I think?
0: That is, hands down, You're the easiest get, question oh, to okay. answer.
1: I think it's because-
0: Try not to think about us. Oh,
1: well, okay.
0: Try to think about the big picture.
1: Well, then I, I got nothing because I can see what happened here.
0: <laughs> Try not to get caught up in how we... I, I
1: don't know how to say it then. How,
0: well, you can say it, but use it in the context of the big picture of okay. society and where okay. we where we went wrong. Okay. Because I screwed up. I get it. I'm not saying
1: <laughs> that. Okay. Society as a whole went wrong. Um,
0: don't ASMR your drink ugh. again. <laughs>
1: Okay, not my hands either. This is hard. I need a fidgety. You're over there playing with your cards. I need something to occupy. With. I'm gonna hold my lion. Um, I think that it's a few different dynamics is the only thing I can come up with right now to try and separate. I think parents started um, competing with other parents on who was doing a better job parenting and wanting to look a certain way to the false community Um, I think they wanted to, they became more concerned with being accepted by their children instead of helping their children feel accepted like trying to earn a way to be in their kid's life so here love me love me love me Um, and (sighs) and Maybe this might be part of it too. And I may or may not struggle with this one, but, um, whether you, your children have had a hard go round or you just, whatever reason you don't want them to feel. And I think that's natural to not want your kids to have it hard or feel pain and you want to come in and help, but I think come in and help too, too much. And I know, and I go through. Bouts from just myself, but society too. I think it's a big deal because we hear plenty of stories of parents jumping in and taking care of things where we go overboard on fixing it for our kids because we love them so much and we want it to be easier for them. And it is the best intention for wanting things to go well for your child and for them to not be stressed and not. And then they pull the oh, I'm so stressed having such a hard time. And oh, well, I'll just come in and fix everything instead of letting them figure out how to cope with it. So maybe, maybe that's part of it too, is they don't need to do chores on top of their already stressful life. They don't need to do these things on top of their already. And you know what? Honestly, there is kind of a point of that because I think going into the school systems and what is expected and the asinine way that they are around, there is so much bullshit that, should not be. So I don't know, maybe, maybe those aspects are contributing to that. Did I do good with not
0: pointing (laughs) out all the ways I suck as a father?
1: I just pointed out the ways (laughs) I suck as a mother.
0: Um, I haven't figured out. Oh yeah. I solved it. (laughs)
1: Well, I had it figured out, but you didn't want me to say, you said, not here, outside as a society, don't point point at me. So what did you come up with?
0: Um, Because I was trying to think of what was the catalyst? What was the point where society as a whole started to shift away from this um, aspect of everybody contributing to the well-being, health, and survival of the family? And I think it's when we started to work away from home, where we started to shift from because if you because i kept thinking i ke- i have this picture in my head of pioneers and their log cabin and their field of corn and their animals and their land and mending fences and cutting firewood and all the things that would take place throughout the day that you would have to do in order to just simply exist and live and survive and everybody in the family had a role to play everybody and like as soon as babies were fucking walking They were doing something right to contribute.
1: Yeah, we're getting snuggled.
0: (laughs) After the snuggles, they had to go (laughs) fucking get the firewood or whatever Mm. it was. You see, but that's not a bad thing.
1: I know, but I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) And so I think that when we shifted from that way of living and suddenly had to go to the city or go to the factory or go to town to make money like suddenly we take our corn and it's not just to sustain our life but now we have to be able to take our corn and go set up our booth in town and sell our corn and now we're away from home for longer periods of time and suddenly those things and those aspects like you know snowball effect 100 years 200 years 300 years 500 years later are now why by and large Yes, there are people that work from home and everything like that, but nobody is living off the grid in fully sustained living where some people do. But I think that... Can, I,
1: can you can we go there? <laughs> can we go? I want to find the off the grid, fully sustainable communities. I want to go to that place. I want to live there. I will but happily I think, leave my cell phone.
0: I think that was the shift where suddenly we started to work away from the house in order to feed the house. With money, right? In order to support our family, we went and worked away from our family. And therefore, some of the things started to fade away. And some of the things, you know, the the guy no longer planted his corn. He went and worked in the factory. So now we don't need to worry about corn, right? And if you need to go work in the factory, you need to learn what you need to do so that you can go work in the factory like your dad did. So now we have to go to school. And all these things started to separate from this mentality and from this space and from this tribe-like way of living to where we're at today, where it's just a clusterfuck of chaos and nonsense. And I think that could have been one of the big, like, you know, one of the big changing points, one of the big catalysts. And granted, it took place over hundreds of years, but I think that was probably one, because that makes sense, right? That
1: does make sense. Separation created separation.
0: Yeah. Where suddenly our, our, our being, our health, our, our survival was, leaving our tribe and going somewhere else in order to make money in order to then sustain our tribe and whatnot. And that sucks. Like it would be much better if we just went back to, well, I think it would be better and then it wouldn't. And there's all those kind of dynamics. It's bounce, right? We don't want the extremes. We don't want to, I don't want to throw my cell phone away and have to worry about corn in the field. Mm -hmm. Um, there's this bounce place where we have to be able to accommodate all of these things,
1: yeah, but also look at how like working from home has been like the convoluted like there's always so much of it is a way to put somebody down, you know it's there's shame now, staying at home, you're not. You're oh, you're you're just a stay-at-home mom. You're just a stay-at-home dad. That's all you do. And then, you know, it's asked, you know, do you work or do you stay home? Because that's not a thing. And then there's so much expectation on if you do work from home or work from the home, however you want to word it. Um, like you have to, everything has to be perfect. Otherwise you're lazy. Like you have to look perfect. Kids have to look perfect. House has to look perfect. Perfect meals. You have to be able to volunteer and be in all these different places and always be put together and otherwise you're failing. And what else do you have to do? You stay, you don't work. What else is there for you to do? And then if you want to work out of the home, then you're abandoning your family. And then, you know, working from home is the dream to work out of your home and be able to spend that time. And if you can't achieve that, then you're failing. So no matter what you do, you've got somebody out there that is saying you're doing it wrong. So how, like, I feel like you could find peace in that though. And just like seeing your, to like, to the person that is saying how much you are failed. Another person is looking at how much you have succeeded. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. It's so weird that you can't.
0: So all of those things that you just talked about in the ways that society makes us feel like we have failed because we're not meeting up to these levels of what, you know, that never even stay important. the same. Yeah, and that aren't real. Yeah. I think that all goes back to acceptance and yeah, the importance of wanting to feel accepted. And so what if that, what if the whole concept and idea of acceptance has evolved from the tribal sense where we needed to feel accepted and in order to feel accepted we had to contribute and we had to play a role and that was how we survived and everything like that. And now we fast forward to today where that innate need, that gen, not gen, I was going to say genealogical, which isn't a word, uh, that genetic makeup inside of us where acceptance is so massively important. What if the evolutionary journey of acceptance is now more dynamic where it's not solely acceptance of the tribe, but it's acceptance of oneself? Because my guess is back in the day, well, granted they very well may have, but my guess is back in the day, early tribal people did not sit around and question their value and their worth And am I good enough? Am I, you know, do I meet up to these levels and these standards and everything like that? I don't think it had that same context. It most likely was more or less like, I have to be accepted and I have to contribute in order to survive so that I'm not outcast and so that the tribe as a whole survives.
1: What's the difference? What you just said, that sounds like. So exactly the, that.
0: Well, yeah, but now evolutionarily speaking, that dynamic, we have to be accepted by the tribe. We have to be accepted by society and by the communities and by our families and the, by the people that we surround ourselves with in order to have self-worth. But the, the part of that equation that has evolved is now the inner acceptance of who you are as an individual, because... We can see the fallacy in all of the ways that society places these things on all of us, even though nobody's doing it. It's just this combined space that we've all agreed where these things are required in order to be worthy, right, in order to be accepted. And we can see how that is false and not very true. And in order to counteract that, we have to then accept who we are as individuals and where we're at. So that's the evolutionary journey of acceptance. I think we just titled the episode. Evolutionary
1: journey of acceptance. Yes,
0: evolutionary journey of acceptance. Hashtag. (laughs) That's a big fucking hashtag. You got it. That's what (laughs) she said. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) So it's a good thought, babe. Yeah? Yeah, I like it. What do you think?
1: Birds of a feather.
0: Did you know? Uh, when you were talking when we were talking about animals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Did you know that female hyenas have a fake penis that they use to fuck male hyenas with?
1: Yes, I think I learned that from our. I don't remember which one of our. I think it was Stevie. I'm not sure oh, if it was Stevie God. or Maddie because they like to throw things out there at us, and so I was like, ah, about that. <laughs>
0: I also told you yesterday um, that I had some global warming shit that I was going to tell you about. Mm. So I recently listened to uh, this guy on Rogan. and I don't remember his name, but he recently wrote this book and whatever. And he was talking about how global warming is way more of an issue than anybody really thinks it is or that we're really talking about.
1: Was it Al Gore he was talking to? It
0: was not Al Gore. (laughs) And it wasn't even in the context of the way Al Gore talks about it where, oh, this is a problem that we're going to have to deal with in the next century. He was like, we got like a decade. And if we don't do shit now, we're kind of fucked was basically the story of the whole what the guy was talking about. Um, And he made a really good argument and a really good case for it because it all is in relation to global warming. So the planet's heating up. And we're all concerned about like two degree increase, right? And it's Celsius or whatever the fuck that is in Fahrenheit. But if the planet rises two degrees, it's going to affect all of these kind of different things. Mm -hmm. And the guy was like, two degrees is like the conservative low end of what scientists really think is going to happen. And it's more likely going to be like four, five, and six degrees. And he said like two degrees, we're fucked. Six degrees or four degrees or five degrees, whatever it is, increase in temperature isn't just we're fucked. It's like game over, like we're done, like everything falls to pieces because we can't sustain like all these different things that I had never even heard discussed in the context of global warming. Things like uh, babies developed differently in hotter temperatures. And so it's going to affect birth. Uh, it's going to affect, affect how babies are developed in womb, in utero, <laughs> in womb. <laughs> uh, that's a dynamic. One of the things that like really stuck out, he talked about a lot of stuff. And we're not going to rehash all of them, but one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was there was some study like back in the twenties or some not study, but some, something that took place that they documented. And it was like a caribou or something like that, that was frozen in permafrost thawed out and when it thawed out it had anthrax and that anthrax was still viable Mm -hmm. and somebody caught that anthrax and died and he's like there is diseases that are frozen in the ice yes that have been there since before man yeah that that is shit that we have never encountered as a species is just waiting to thaw and then say, hello world, I am here. And you have no defense against me because you have never seen me in your biology, in your bodies, in your immune systems have never seen this before. And that's like, that's scary. That's a fucking alien. That's an alien on our planet, hiding in wait in the ice and just like, (laughs) twiddling its fingers maniacally laughing to be thought out and then clusterfuck everything and kill that's Thanos hiding in the ice
1: that's one way to look at it
0: that's definitely a way to look at it
1: how much of that is like that I could feel like oh you just gave me a look no, no, no. Then no. you should do. <laughs> we need to seriously start doing video once, so they can. I'm just gonna have it zoomed in on your face, so I can be like, "See, and that's the look." See, like Close I don't do that. Like, what my, the fuck of all my facial features? <laughs> um, like I don't know, because that immediately starts making me afraid. Like I'm feeling that because I'm I'm not worried, and then you say things, I'm like, "Oh, that's right. I do know that. I have heard that there is." You know, once you get down and start thawing that there is all these spores that are just waiting to. And so the accuracy of that is what is scary. And then I was like, ah, but how much of that is fear is really fear driven. Like what is really the probability of that? And like humans have to get in and basically fuck it up. Go dig and go. I think it's what is it's made like what, what you make of it. Do I, I don't believe. I don't know. So many things that they said, you know, this is the end. This is the end. This is what it's like. So like the human race has to continue to put the human race in fear. And how many times were we supposed to be dead already? And it was wrong. And it was wrong. And they keep coming up with new ways of, ha oh, ha ha, this time it is it. You're all going to die. Y2K. You, exactly. <laughs> um, so what if we, I'm not saying like, be cruel and be wasteful and do horrible things and like, whatever. But what if we quit buying into the, you're all going to die because newsflash, we're all going to die. Like that's just going to happen anyways. Um, but, that it's going to wipe everything out and just quit feeding that fear, quit feeding that fear, live mindfully, but quit, 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 quit going into that. Queef that fear. Queef that fear. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to circle back around to that one. Um, But how, how much of it is being, is a panic being created, a falseness being created because somebody comes along and says, the right things in the right way and whispers the little spell and has just enough. And all of the facts that we have had on, this is what is happening. Absolutely. This is the cause. Oh wait. Now we look at it from the single with more information and it's not that it's this and Oh wait, now we have new information. So it's no longer this, it's this. Nothing is ever fact. It's always changing. It's fact at the moment. And then you get new information, you shift and then it changes. I don't want to feed into the fear.
0: I don't want to feed into the fear either. And that's one of the things that they talked about on that podcast was like, you still got to live your life. You still have to enjoy, you know, where you're at and enjoy every day and all those kind of things. And I wholeheartedly agree. I think that's important. If we all just sat around in this perpetual state of, you know, the unknown disease that's going to be thawed out in the Arctic ice and float down the river and eventually end up in our, uh, our water it's, it's going to happen <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah
0: um, Then that would be a miserable existence
1: It would be but You'd the, be dead before you were dead
0: Yeah But at the same time I think as a whole We need to do something And I don't yeah. have an answer for that You know I don't think Doing away with plastic straws Is the answer by any means But You do just have a plastic straw in your hand And that's why I said what I said Because that's what popped into my head
1: we are using them for a good cause. <laughs> One of our daughters has a project, so we are helping the environment and the message she is spending, spreading by using what is already out there. Yes. Shit.
0: But that was the last thing I wanted to throw out. I'm good. I gotta go pee.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. No, you got more? What did he say to do? Like, what was his thought other than live? Uh ahead, Don't feed into the fear. Some <laughs> of the
0: fixes that he talked about, the guy, and I wish I could remember his name. I could look it up real quick, but... Mm-hmm. um carbon tax the carbon tax thing where he said just get like that does nothing that serves zero purpose whatsoever so we have to do a rate do away with the carbon tax and then i mean there was a lot of different he didn't come up with like his you know three-step plan to lower the temperature for the planet
1: all yours for 59.99
0: yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what it's going to be too we have the solution (laughs) if you'd like to come live here But it's going to cost you.
1: Downsizing.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Downsizing
0: is the answer. Another great movie. (laughs) But I got to go pee. How bad? Do you want to keep talking?
1: Well, I just have one question, but I don't like it. We just got into some really good stuff. So it's like how we were talking about Vox Lux, which was not good. And then trying to segue into our good conversation, which we totally did. And now it's kind of circling back into kind of trash talk.
0: Not trash talk? No, I want I'm... people to be fearful of the anthrax in the ice. No, not what you said, <laughs>
1: the anthrax in the ice. What I'm about to say. Let's hear it. Okay, you said queef like nothing, <laughs> but you look like I punched you in the stomach when I said pussy. <laughs> Why is that?
0: I I looked like you punched me in the stomach when you said pussy. Yeah,
1: you had like a visible, like like weird, like wow. It 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 surprised me. That I said pussy.
0: Just at that moment in the context of the conversation that we were having. Peacock. I know. But I didn't didn't think peacock.
1: (laughs) You didn't hear cock and think cock?
0: Nope, I did not. I think cock every time I hear cock. (laughs) Well, that's where your mind's at. Uh, (sighs) I don't think cock every time I hear cock. Bullshit. Especially when I think of a peacock. I don't picture it I a always big... hear
1: Katie Perry. I'm like, "Let me see your peacock." <laughs> Every time.
0: <laughs> I don't know that song. Oh, we'll play it for you. <clears throat> so no, it just caught me off guard. Pea pussy. Peacock. It's all the same. Birds of a feather. See? <laughs> cock together.
1: You're you're nervous <laughs> right now. You're so nervous. Why?
0: What, what what do you think it was? Why do you think I had a gut punch? I just told you, it's cuz um, you surprised me.
1: I I didn't know. I just like, is it because women aren't supposed to say that? Is it because there's the innuendo that that's a way you describe a so-called weak man? Is that, is it because it's so degrading to women and like grab their pussy kind of thing that women aren't allowed to own their pussy and say pussy? So I keep saying pussy, 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 and it's freaking you out. (laughs) Like you're not looking at me. You are uncomfortable. (laughs) So I'm just curious, like, it's okay, but you could have said it and you wouldn't have had that recoil. You said queef that comes out of a pussy and you were fine. So I'm just curious why having a woman say it makes that reaction a little different. Like, not supposed to come out of your mouth, young lady.
0: That's a much bigger topic.
1: To be continued.
0: To be continued. Yeah. Because that goes back to our... uh, (laughs) episode we did a little bit ago and the bigger conversation of what we're going to be doing and how we can, how, how the fuck we can do this. And so that's a bigger (laughs) conversation because I have something to, oh God. Yeah. It's a bigger conversation. I have a lot to say, right? Pussies used to describe weak men and it's emasculating towards men to be called a pussy or to felt like a pussy. And that's a terrible insinuation that women are weak and weaker and blah, blah, blah.
1: Look what the pussy does. There's nothing weak about that. And there's
0: another one. Uh, If a man is an asshole, he's called a dick. So Mm
1: -hmm. all
0: dicks are assholes, right? Mm -hmm. Like we use that as a way to describe and what that means for men and how that makes men feel and uh, why is that okay? And that triggered um, or that was triggered by that other podcast that I listened to with Brene Brown. They talked about that exact thing where, you know, it's not okay to reference men as pussies because of the connotation attached to that in regards to women, but yet it's okay to reference men as dicks and whatnot, or somebody's a dick, right? Or like quit being a pussy or quit being a dick. Yeah. And the negative connotation surrounding all of those things. And I don't think either one of them are okay. Yeah. But at the same time, Brene actually said, She's like, uh, no, I'm still going to be calling people to dick. And the reason is, like, she, I can't remember how she articulated it. And I definitely do not want to.
1: I'll just go listen to it. Now. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, um, uh, just the whole thing of how the patriarchy has been in place for so long. And, um, do you know what I mean? Like essentially, I mean, the, the, the feeling that I got from the way that she described her opinion and her feeling about it was kind of like, yeah, go fuck yourself. You guys have had the ball in your court too long, so it's still fine for the time being because we haven't even been invited to this fucking game, so quit being a pussy or quit being a dick, and it's going to be just fine.
1: kind of want a high fiber. I
0: know. I agree with it on some level. And then there's another part of me that says that's way too far on the other end of the spectrum and we need to find the middle ground. Sometimes
1: you need to go to the other end of the spectrum to find the middle ground. Otherwise you never know when you find the middle. Exactly. You never know. You have to. And if we can bounce it clear over here. Exactly. However, I said something to you on, I think it was the last podcast that I don't know if we were recording or if we were just bullshitting after. I think we were bullshitting after because I got up and left. And I felt so bad and I was so like sad in the moment and I was so like kind of like thrown off in the moment and it came out. And I don't believe that that's something that I say to you like very often. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just have awareness of it now, but I don't believe that that's something that – I don't believe I talk to you that way and not that I'm a good little girl and I respect my husband and only talk to him with respect. No, I'm not saying that. I just – I don't feel like I disrespect like who you are as a person. Very like just to be degrading. I don't feel like I degrade you, um, but I totally did in that moment, and I felt so bad. Um, you wanted me to ask. Like can I? I can just say it. we were last podcast with Stephen. You wanted me to ask him something about how you felt about me, and that made me uncomfortable. And I got up, got very upset because I felt like. That was only a conversation with you and I. And I said, that was a dick move. And I left and I was like, oh my God. And that has been like, I've heard that go through my head so many times since. And like, I don't even know how to bring it up. So this like opened up that conversation because I haven't even figured out how to apologize to you for that. I felt so bad because you're not a dick, but I'm still saying you don't fit that category, which is saying that category is valid.
0: That that category exists. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But so I, I don't know what to do in that space. And so her saying, you know, I, I still, I apparently have a lot of, I guess, value, which is a really sad way to describe it, that that cat excuse me, that that category exists and that it is valid because I don't want to talk to you that way. I believe you're. Better than that and you do not deserve that. However, I can very much see
0: that there's plenty of dicks out there.
1: Exactly. And I would say that without like feeling that like that was not fair for me to put on you. So that's not a good thing.
0: So if that category still exists, then do we still need to allow for the category of uh there's a bunch of pussies out there?
1: Well, for all you men that have ever been called a pussy, I just want to talk about a pussy for a minute and the way the magic that it can bring, the pleasure that it can bring, the way that it can shift and transform and adjust to the very most, not it is, it's the most beautiful thing. It can transform and be the canal that gives birth. It can trans like shape shift into a very different structure and allow birth to come through and then go back Maybe not the exact same way, but pretty fucking close. (laughs) It can go back to its original and continue to do that. It adapts to the environment. It creates life. It gives life. So the ones that were using it were using it wrong. And you've been called nothing but powerful.
0: (sighs) That's one way to look at it.
1: Yes, it is. And there's a lot of other ways. But I'm just going to give you that. That's all. And unless you're unless you're a dick, of course. And if you're a dick, then the pussy wasn't a compliment. So forget <laughs> you. <laughs> I don't know. It's so convoluted. Yeah. And you can twist it and turn it and make it empowering or make it degrading in the same breath. Why?
0: Yeah. It's the power of words. Spells. Spells. Spells.
1: Words are spelled. Oh, okay. I won't get into that. That's okay. Are we'll talk about that later. Oh my goodness. No. Goodbye. <laughs> you're killing me, Smalls. i <laughs> cast out. Don't you have to pee? I think you have to pee.
0: It's like the combination of all the terrible things on the internet have made a baby with the checkout line at the grocery store. <laughs> and that's what's on television today.
1: So no matter what you do, you've got somebody out there that is saying you're doing it wrong.
0: We are seeking acceptance because of the survival that is associated with acceptance.
1: To the person that is saying how much you are failed, another person is looking at how much you have succeeded.